Hello, I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Today I want to share about receiving healing from God. And in particular, three keys to receive your healing. Key number one is to know that healing is God's will for you. One way we can see that is that there are three times in the Bible when God's will is perfectly done, and in each case, there is no sickness, only health. First of all, at the, right at the start of the Bible, the first two chapters, before the fall, we see a, no sin and everything in divine order. It says God made everything good. Adam and Eve were in perfect health. Actually, it was only when they sinned that the will of God wasn't done and the curse of sickness came in. And then secondly, we see the will of God is perfectly done in heaven and in eternity. And guess what? There are no sickness. There's no hospitals in heaven. There's no sickness there. So the last two chapters of the Bible as well, God's will is perfectly done and there is no sickness. And, and Jesus said that we are to pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that includes healing. God's will is done in heaven, perfect health. So we can pray God's will be done in my life in the same way. God wants you to be healed. And the other time we see God's perfect will done is in the ministry of Jesus, because he is the will of God. He, we see Jesus in action. The perfect will of God is in action. He said he always did the will of his Father. He healed all who came to him. And so he said, I come to give you life and life abundantly. So he came to give abundant life. He came to give healing. And so that tells us that healing must be God's will. And God actually gave his name, his very name, his, which means his very nature is to be our healer. I am the Lord, your healer. And that took place at the waters of Merah in Exodus 15. It says that when Israel came to Merah, they couldn't drink the waters for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was Merah, which means bitter. And the people complained against Moses. What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. The tree it was the method that God used. There he made a statute, and ordinance for them. There he tested them and said, If you diligently heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, keep all his statutes, I will, not, I will put, or it could also mean, I will allow none of these diseases on you which I have allowed on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. And this is Jehovah Rophe. I am the Lord your healer. That's his very name, his nature, is our healer, his covenant name. And so he's saying to his covenant people, I am the Lord your healer. And we are now in a new and better covenant than the old covenant. And the story also shows how he heals us. He does it through a tree. The waters represent humanity. The bitterness means the sickness that is the curse of sickness upon humanity. But the tree thrown into the waters, soaking up the bitterness and making them sweet, healing the waters, is a picture of Jesus coming into the world and dying on a tree for us. As it says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that, being, that, that, uh, having that we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. And so on the cross, Jesus took, he soaked up all our sicknesses and released the sweetness of healing for mankind. And so God revealed himself, I am your healer.
and I heal through the tree. I heal through the atonement of Christ. And if we know that Jesus died for our healing on the tree, therefore it must be God's will to heal us. Isaiah 53 is the great prophecy of Christ's atonement and it confirms that Jesus bore our sicknesses as well as our sins. Verse 4 it says, surely, surely, God's underlining that, he has borne our griefs. But the word there is kuli, which means sicknesses. He has borne our sicknesses and carried our sorrows. Makop, which means pains, physical pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. And these words actually refer to both emotional and physical sickness and pain. But sadly, the translators used words that hid the fact that he took our physical sicknesses on the cross. But when we look at the New Testament, when it quotes this verse, we'll see that the New Testament confirms that Christ took our physical sicknesses and pains. And the next verse, in verse 5, it confirms he didn't just take our sin, he took the curse. He took the consequence of the sin, which includes sickness. Verse 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. We all agree with that. But now, he says, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Now, the word peace is shalom, which means wholeness, including healing in that word shalom. And so he took the curse, he took the, the curse upon him so that we might have shalom, peace. Uh, peace was what was lost because of sin, but now Jesus restores what was lost. And by his stripes we are healed, praise God. The Young's Literal gives the literal translation. He is despised and left of men, a man of pains, acquainted with sickness and as one hiding his face from us, the, uh, he is despised and we esteemed him not. Surely our sicknesses he has borne and our pains he has carried them. And we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is on him and by his bruise there is healing to us. Or healing is available to us through his death. Then verse 10 it says, that Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. But again, this word really means he has made him sick. Young's Literal says he has made him sick. So Jesus was made sick with our sicknesses on the cross so that we might be healed. And so God put both our sicknesses and our sins on Jesus so that we could be healed and forgiven. And if Jesus carried them, then we don't have to carry them. Surely, if Jesus paid the price for your healing. He wants to heal you. This is fundamental. And this is confirmed when we look at the New Testament. The Holy Spirit quotes these verses and uses Greek words that actually definitely apply to physical sickness and physical healing. Matthew 8, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. In Isaiah 53, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And this was a meeting where Jesus healed all the people. And Matthew explains that the basis upon which he was able to heal all people was the atonement of Christ, Isaiah 53. But why all? Because on the cross, Jesus died for all. He paid for all to be forgiven and healed. Now, of course, he, when this healing meeting took place, 
he hadn't died yet. But before the cross, people were forgiven and healed on credit. In other words, the work, the price that was paid on the cross was, um, you know, Jesus would pay that price. So God healed on credit, knowing that that price would be paid. God's outside time, so we can do that. And so he's holding forth these, all these healings as a, as a demonstration of the atonement that Jesus would make for us all. And when he translated the words, he actually used the words for physical infirmities and sicknesses. So the Holy Spirit himself was saying, telling us how to interpret those words in Isaiah 53. Jesus paid for our healing on the cross. And Peter also quotes verse 5. It says, he was, remember verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace, shalom, was on him, and by his stripes we are healed. Or healing is to us, rather. And there's that twofold redemption from sin and sickness. And we see that same twofold redemption in 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that, having, that we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness. And secondly, by whose stripes, whose physical wounds, you were healed. So he reflects the two things. The only difference is Isaiah was written before the cross, so he says healing is to us. Peter agrees, but puts it, because it was written after the cross, Peter actually says it's stronger, and he says you were healed. In other words, that's, that's an accomplished fact now. And so healing is made available to us because Jesus paid the price on the cross. So just as he bore our sins, making forgiveness available, he bore our sicknesses, making healing available. And so the two are together because sickness is the consequence or the curse of sin. And so Jesus didn't just take our sins, he took the curse of sin isn't that what Galatians 3 says? Christ has redeemed us from the curse, having become a curse for us. And the curse includes, according to Deuteronomy 28, all kinds of sicknesses. And Jesus became a curse for us. He took our sickness on himself. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham, which includes healing, might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So through the Spirit, through the, the Spirit, through healing power is ours on the basis of the cross. He took uh, the curse so that you might have the blessing of healing. And that's why Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Notice, the iniquities and the diseases are all the benefits of God and they are presented all together. They come to us on the same basis, the atonement of Christ. That's why all our diseases as well as all our sins. Why all? Because Jesus died for all. And so if he purchased on the cross, he cried out to telestai, which means paid in full. Jesus paid the price in full not in part, but for full. He didn't just pay for the forgiveness, but he also paid for your full restoration, for your healing. And then he released that to us in his resurrection. And so since Christ loved you so much to pay for your healing in his blood, uh, to make it available, therefore, surely it is God's will. 
And if you know it's God's will, that should give you confidence to come boldly to his throne of grace and receive your healing. So again, if Jesus took your sicknesses on the cross, paid the price in full for your healing, surely it must be God's will to heal you. So that's the first key to to give you confidence to receive your healing. The second key is this. God gives us his healing by giving us his healing power as a free gift upon request. We must believe that he's our healer and we must receive his healing power as a free gift by faith. And so now the issue is how does God heal the sick? And the best place to look is in the ministry of Jesus. He gives the perfect example. He healed everyone who came to him. And he did not heal by the power of his deity. He healed as a man anointed with healing power from God. And that means uh, it wasn't a special case, but he gives us the example for how God heals. Acts 10.38, it says that. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, that's the name of his humanity, with the Holy Spirit and with power. What kind of power? Healing power. Because it says he went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Notice, the healing anointing, the healing power is the presence of God. God was with him. That healing power, he healed through healing power. And so he, God gave it to him at his baptism and then he gave it to those who needed it and that delivered them from the oppression of sickness. He received this healing power when the Holy Spirit came upon him at his baptism. You know, you know what happened, that the Spirit came upon him and then it says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And so Jesus received that healing power and from that point on he was able to heal the sick. Again, he didn't do it as God, but he did it as as man anointed by God. And then he would proclaim the fact that healing power was on him. In Luke 4 it says he preached everywhere he went. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to the needy. He has sent me to heal. So he's, the Spirit of, of God was on him to heal. Heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And this was the, the year of Jubilee. And if you study out the year of Jubilee, he was basically saying that, that this healing and deliverance and restoration was freely available. It had been paid for and it was freely available to all who wanted it. So Jesus was preaching, God's healing power is on me, and it's available for you as a free gift that you can receive. And so Jesus gave that healing power freely to everyone who came to him to receive it. Classic example is the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. It says that uh, when she heard about Jesus, What did she hear? She heard that he was anointed with healing power, that it was freely available to all. She come behind him and touched his garment because she believed that if she touched him, she'll be made well. And immediately that she touched him, the healing power went into her and healed her. And she felt in her body that she was healed. And Jesus immediately knew in himself that power had gone out of him. See, he, he had power on him. And when she touched him in faith, that drew the power out of him. And uh, he knew 
immediately that had happened. So it was like he was an electrical live wire and she touched it in faith, made that contact and the power flowed into her. So that shows us that uh, Jesus had that power on him and it was available to anyone. She didn't have to go through an interview. She actually came up behind him and, 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 and received that power. So it, that power was on tap. It was available to everyone. And then Jesus says, who touched me? And she tells him the whole truth. And then he tells her, your faith has made you well. So she was healed by the healing power on Jesus, but it was received by her faith. She believed that that anointing was there for her and that she could come and receive it. And so that's faith. A lot of people were touching him, but not in faith. And so she believed and she received by faith. And Jesus was not upset that he, she stole the healing power. In fact, he was very pleased with her bold faith. And anyone could have done what she did. It was freely available to all. He, he, she just took Jesus at his word that the anointing was on him for healing and that it was available. Notice her faith, the power was there for everyone, but not everyone received it. Her faith gave action to the power. And then that healing power was transmitted into her body. It's a bit like electrical power. You know, it's available in the wall socket. And you can even physically plug a plug into the wall socket, but no power flows until you flip the switch. And likewise, you have to flip the switch of faith on and believe you receive that power. You say, Lord, I believe that power's there for me. And right now, I believe I receive. And as it were, like that woman, you reach out and you touch Jesus and you believe that power to flow into you. And uh, she did it on faith because Jesus preached that. And this wasn't a one-off event because now we, soon we've, we hear that everyone's doing the same as her. It says in Luke that a great multitude of people came from all over the place. They came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. They had to hear him first to have the faith built up that he was anointed and then they could receive their healing. And it says that they were all healed. How? The whole multitude sought to touch him, just like the woman, for healing power went out from him and healed them all. Praise God. So that's how God heals. He heals by giving us healing power. And, and then he gave that same healing power to his disciples. It says he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he told them to go and heal the sick. How? With the healing power he gave them. It say, he says in Mark that he gave them power to heal diseases. And that same power that Jesus had, he gave to his disciples. It says uh, he gave them power over unclean spirits and power to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. And then he said, as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, God's power is here for you right now. It's, it's at hand. It's within your power to reach out and receive it. Freely you have received, freely give. So he's telling his disciples, I've, I've freely given you this healing power. Now freely give it away to the sick. And that's how you heal them. And then later he did the same with the 70. He said, heal the sick there and proclaim that the kingdom of God is come near to you, it's at hand. 
And then he gave that same power to the church, including us. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. That includes healing power. And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He says, in my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Through the laying on of hands, that healing power will be given to the sick. Praise God. So we're called to continue the healing ministry of Jesus. He said, the works I do, you will do also. In other words, you too will receive healing power from God. Uh, if you're baptized in the Spirit, you have power, you have healing power. And it, you can heal the sick through the laying on of hands. And so healing power, God heals by healing power. It's, it's important to understand that because you don't try and receive healing from God by receiving a miracle or a, a manifestation of healing. In other words, oh God, heal me, and then you check your body if there's been a change, and if it hasn't, then you assume God hasn't heard you. That's not how God heals. You can't believe for that anyway, for a miracle manifestation. What is available to you is healing power. You come to Jesus, all through the laying on of hands, and you believe you receive healing power and that is available to you, you receive that healing power into your body, and then that healing power goes to work in your body, and it will, if you keep the switch of faith turned on, and keep thanking God for that healing power, that healing power will drive out all sickness and restore your health. That's how God heals, and it's important to understand that. But the third key I want to just finish with is, I think, also often a missing key that is not uh, understood, and this is why people find it hard to receive this healing power, even if they believe it's for them. What requires, what is necessary to receive this healing power into our bodies, it requires the surrender of our bodies to God, a faith submission to God, because God does not force his power on us. And it helps to understand the three states that anything can be in. It, something can be unclean or contaminated, that's a negative state. Something can be cleansed, that's a neutral state, and something can be consecrated, that's a positive state, that's, that's a holy state. So if something is unclean, then you can't make that holy. So if there is, you know that there's no sin in your life, the first thing you have to do to receive God's power is to receive cleansing. You can only be cleansed through blood. So you receive the blood of Jesus, that cleanses you, and that brings you into a cleansed state, or common it's called, but even that isn't, you're not in position yet. You, you have to be consecrated. What that means is the consecration to be made holy means that uh, God's presence is upon you. And that gives you that positive value. And the only way you are consecrated is through oil the oil which represents the Holy Spirit. And to be consecrated requires dedication. So once you're cleansed, you must dedicate yourself to God, surrender your body to God, and then that's, that allows God to take possession of you with his Holy Spirit, and that healing anointing can then come into your body only when you present your body to God and invite him to fill you. And often that's the missing ingredient. You're not surrendered. We don't surrender our bodies to God for him to heal us. So healing power is the presence of God. It's, it's the holy presence of God. And to receive the presence of God for your healing, you have to surrender your body to God. That's the key.
An interesting example of this, it's Jesus talked, said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a person, it goes through waterless places seeking rest and finds none. So here is an unclean person. The unclean spirit is cast out. So now he's cleansed, but he's, things aren't right yet because this evil spirit says, I'll return to the house which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept and put in order. And then it brings seven more evil spirits and the person's final state is worse. The problem was, although he was cleansed, it stayed empty. What the man needed to do is ask God to fill his house, to fill him with the Holy Spirit. And not just to be zero, but to be positive, to receive the holy presence of God, to fill the house. Then, if the evil spirit come back, he couldn't go in because the house is already filled. And so to be filled with the presence of God, he was talking about the fact that Israel actually, although that received many miracles, they didn't receive Christ to, as the Lord of the house and to fill the house. So you have to present your body to God as Jesus is Lord of your body and ask then the Holy Spirit to fill your house and then that will stop the, the, that will stop the sickness in your life. For instance, a leper one time come to Jesus and it says he worshipped him and then he received his healing. And you'll see that often, that the, the worship, the surrender comes before the healing. It's interesting, 1 Corinthians 6, he says the body is not meant for sexual immorality but for the Lord. In other words, you're meant to surrender your body to the Lord and the Lord is for the body. God wants to heal your body and, and God raised the Lord will also raise you up by his power, by his healing power. So this is the key. The, your body needs to be for the Lord and then the Lord will be for your body. The Lord's presence will come into your body and heal you. And so God wants, needs your surrender to really for his healing anointing to flow freely. We must surrender to the source of healing to receive his power from on high. And as you surrender and lift up your hands and just pray like this, you know, God, you're, you are the, my healer. You're the source of healing power. I thank you that your healing power was paid for on the cross and you release it to me right now. Our Lord, I dedicate my body to you now. You are the Lord of my body. I surrender my body to you now. And I ask you right now to fill my body with your healing power. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I receive your healing power into my body. I know you're for my body. You want me to be healed. And I thank you, Lord, you've heard my prayer. And I thank you right now that your healing power is working in me to drive out all weakness and sickness and restore my health completely. In Jesus' name. And just keep declaring that. Keep thanking God that his healing power is at work. We all need healing at some point in our life and we need to know how to receive healing from God. And so I've written this book, Getting Healed, to really help you understand how you can receive healing from God and how to help others also receive healing from God. And it's available in book form and it's also available as a CD series and it will really build your faith to encourage you to, to, to receive God's healing power into your body. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm.
at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.